everyone, this is Haley, and you are listening to Straight Talk with the Doc, the podcast that takes a real and in-depth look at addiction, mental health, and treatment. I'm here with our medical director, addiction medicine specialist, Dr. Bott, as well as our content director, Jeff. How have you guys been doing? Doing well, Haley. How are you guys? You, Jeff? I'm doing well. It's, it's been going good for me. Good, me too. Today, we're going to be breaking down a drug that a surprising number of people use. In fact, the National Institute on Drug Abuse says that 1.5 million adults in America use this drug, and that drug is cocaine. Cocaine is one of those drugs that it's seen fairly often in media and party settings, and because of that, some people may not consider it a hard drug, but it is. It's very addictive, and it is possible to overdose on it. So I want to get into those societal viewpoints on cocaine and also talk about its effects on the brain. But first, let's start with the basics. Dr. Bott, what is cocaine made from? You know, what class of drug does it belong to? Cocaine is made from the coca plant. Uh, The coca plant is a plant that we see is kind of native to South America. And that plant historically was used when people chewed it, they chewed it and they chewed it often with, uh, often with lemon that would help in its absorption and people would get a euphoria, a high, they would get stimulated. They would feel a little bit more focused or energized And here in the United States and all over the world, it, it belongs to the stimulant class of drugs. And the reason it is, is because it does stimulate you stimulates a lot of brain activity. And so a lot of uh, brain processing is happening at that time. A lot of uh, activation of dopamine, certain chemical that is implicated in the reward mechanism and the pleasure cycle in the brain that's going on on overdrive. So um, cocaine, it's, it's a quite an addictive drug. It's probably in the top three addictive drugs in the world. Are other drugs mixed into cocaine? Um, if so, you know, what are they and do they make that more dangerous? We have drugs or products or, or cutters or fillers, you know, it depends really what the purpose of it or somebody who's trying to distribute it is trying to achieve. So we are seeing on the streets cocaine cut with benzodiazepines and even fentanyl, and these can intensify the high and actually cause the mixed type of high and an unpredictable type of high because they're two different classes of substances. On the flip side, we see fillers. People even mix it to just create bulk with powder, baking soda, talcum powder, you know, laundry detergent. There's so many different things that people mix. So, you know, the purity of cocaine on the streets is very wide range. And the amount of impurities that exist within their uh, similarities, it's, it's very wide. It's extremely common for cocaine to be mixed with other substances. Depending on you know where you are, it's very rare to find cocaine that isn't mixed with who knows what else. It's, it's very dangerous to take drugs that you get on the street especially illegal ones. And when somebody, you know, snorts cocaine, what happens in the brain? You know, what kind of physical effects do they feel? When we speak about drug addiction in general, I think that buzz chemical or buzz neurotransmitter that everybody hears about is is dopamine. And with cocaine, it's no different. When you 
inhale. You talked about snorting cocaine. It it actually triggers activation of dopamine, but not in the way that we we think. Basically, cocaine stops the reuptake of dopamine in between nerve cells. So dopamine being that, you know, pleasure, reward, chemical, it stays in between the nerve cells longer. So there's more dopamine present. So you have a euphoric, pleasurable feeling as a result of that increased duration of dopamine there in the neuro trans in that space between the, the nerve cells. So that's what happens when you when cocaine is introduced into the body. Is that why cocaine is so addictive? You know, what causes someone to keep going back and using it again and again? Well, when that cocaine is introduced and the dopamine is flooded and that dopamine is in excess in that in that nerve space and what we call the synapse, the, the, the nerves recognize that. But over time, you know, there's a desensitization. So when there's so much of something, our body has this feedback mechanism, our, our body kind of down regulates and desensitizes itself. So over time, whatever amount of do- cocaine created a certain amount of dopamine flooding, now will because of the desensitization, we'll need more cocaine to produce a similar feeling. So a person who's addicted is going to have to use more to achieve a similar previously attained high. How addictive is cocaine compared to other stimulant drugs? Well, when we look at cocaine and, and methamphetamine, for example, these are, they're, they're right up there. You know, with heroin and meth and cocaine being in the top three uh, and nicotine too, they're, they're quite addictive. There were studies done out of the Lancet Journal out of England and uh, about 10 to 11 years ago, and they ranked them. And they were, they're in the top two or three drugs in terms of their addictive potential. So cocaine is a very, very addictive drug. Do people who use cocaine often abuse other drugs with cocaine or alcohol with cocaine, you know, at the same time? Yeah, because cocaine is a stimulant, depending on what person is trying to achieve, depending what setting they're in, People do often use other things with that. Cocaine can give somebody, if they're out partying, they want that high, they they like that energy, they like that energy that they get um, to keep going. But sometimes they go so far, they, they need to come down. They sometimes will mix that with something to, um, you know, calm them. And they will drink in excess to bring them down or use benzos to bring them down or often mix cocaine with heroin. And that's often has been known as speedballing. And often people have smoked and um, laced their, you know, cannabis with crack. And so um, they mix those two together. So many people do use cocaine mixed with or intermixed with other substances at the same time or during the same binge or run. Um, just to offset or augment the the feelings that cocaine produce. Does mixing cocaine with other drugs increase the risk of overdosing? For sure. You know, the more cocaine is very risky due to the properties that cocaine can cause uh, in terms of increasing your blood pressure, your heart rate, your temperature. It also is a pa- 
potent vasoconstrictor. It can, you know, increase your blood pressure um, due to that blood vessel constriction. Um, when you mix that with other drugs um, or other stimulants, it potentiates all of that. But then when you're coming down and you can mix it with medications or substances, excuse me, that can cause sedative type effects, these can cause a very big dysregulation within your body. So there's potential for heart attacks, strokes, respiratory depression. It really depends on when and how the drugs are combined. But the bottom line is if you mix the drugs together, the increased likelihood of negative outcomes from both drugs, of course, they're, they're, they're synergized. Are there other things that can increase the risk of an overdose? I think speaking about it before is using it with other drugs. If you are using in heroin and cocaine together or cocaine cut up with fentanyl or benzodiazepines, um, the risk of overdosing is, is huge. And I think that's one of the biggest risks is, is it being combined together with other illicit substances. The irony is that when people are using cocaine, many are doing it in a binge type fashion on a significant run. So these likelihoods are, are there. And another thing that we see that's a little bit different with cocaine compared to other things is this tolerance that often um, can be somewhat protective. I hate to use that word, but you know, in terms of negative effects, we don't see that distinctly with cocaine. Cocaine in terms of the ability for it to produce a stroke or a heart attack or an infarction, it can happen on the first time you're using it. So it doesn't have this dose or repetitive dependency, um, dose dependent response, you know, in, in that sense. And so there's, there's almost no safety gauging that may occur with other substances. So um, it's, it's risky. So the more you're using, the more frequently you're using, the more chances you are just to have that first or last um, negative effect. Um, so the risk is there whenever you use it. So I have a kind of a two-part question um, about the long-term effects on first the mind and then the body. What are the long-term effects of cocaine? After time of being exposed to this increased dopamine and then the transient changes with the you know, desensitization, there's this psychological crash. There's this depression that sinks in. And that's often we see in, in, in the initial signs of withdrawal. And that can be quite long lasting where people are just feeling um, complete apathy and amotivated and irritability. And that we see not just in the short term, but that can last for, for, for a long time. And, you know, we often see the opposite. Some people who are using cocaine do have underlying um, mental health conditions, ma mania, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia. And the irony is that these mimic one another because the underlying pathophysiology in, in schizophrenia is an increased dopamine where people are paranoid and hallucinating. This can be mimicked by cocaine. 
And there has been some correlation where people are using these drugs that somehow are either we're not I'm not saying that they're unmasking them, but there is this correlation where people tend to have this ongoing, um, you know, delusional, psychotic, paranoid type picture, even when we see the acute intoxication um, removed. So we see these psychological phenomena that happen both in the depressive nature and in the, you know, hypomanic or psychotic side. From, from a physical side, you know, there's a lot of destruction that could happen, especially when we talked about, again, it's a potent vasoconstrictor. There could be blood vessel damage, blood vessel damage in the brain, in the nose. Um, it can cause, you know, decreased blood supply to the nose and areas of the face. We can alter the tissue and the formations of the way one uh, looks and, and breathes. It can cause like an infarction, like a stroke where there's or ischemia, even in your gastrointestinal tract where, you know, you have, um, you basically kill off parts of your intestine and, um, and you lose that part of your intestine. Um, there's so many different things that can happen. So the bottom line is there's a lot of uh, negative physical consequences for somebody who's using cocaine. So like I mentioned kind of at the beginning of this episode, um, that cocaine is like seen a lot in media. Um, it's been glamorized in some media. You know, there are certain movies that show cocaine as something that wealthy, attractive people use. In your opinion, why has this drug been glamorized over other drugs? Well, when the 1970s and 80s, when a lot of, you know, American, American generation was um, partying and in, and in the discos, in the clubs, and simultaneously at that time, we had a lot of infiltration of, of you know, narcotic trafficking from different parts of the world, South America. It, they got intertwined together. People with money went out, they partied, and they, they were partying together with their drugs. And uh, unfortunately, um, I wish I could say that money does not, and, and having fun and partying and having nice cars and things does not get glamorized, but it does. And 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 it and it did with cocaine, and it was known as a party drug, and it kept you going, and it kept you energized, and it kept you with vigor, and it often sexualized you, so it kind of went together with what people were going to party for to um, have a good time, to to dance, to drink, to maybe hook up with other people. And cocaine gave them that energy. And when we saw that in the 70s and the 80s, especially um, coming into that scene, it just kind of melted together um, as being associated one, one another. And um, ironically, it got associated with fun, party, glamour, and, um, you know, being equated to often being having wealth. And then kind of on the flip side, you know, Another drug that has not been glamorized would be crack cocaine. But what is the difference between cocaine and crack? So cocaine in its form, in its powdered form, can't really be smoked. It is snorted and it's it's basically absorbed through the mucosa within the, the nasal passages. Or people often take powdered cocaine and you'll see them rub them on their or their gums in, inside their mouth. 
but you can't do that just to due to the chemical properties of it. You can't heat it. So to get that um, ability to change the, the chemical formula, uh, they, they basically try and chemically convert that powder into a rock. And they do that by a process where they, you know, take out certain uh, parts of the, of the chemicals and add certain things to it. And due to these extraction process and breaking down, they, they develop this rock. But this rock actually can be broken and, and, and it actually can be heated. And, and when you heat that rock to smoke it, it actually, the reason it's called crack is it makes a crackling type of sound. So that hits in a different way. It's absorbed into your body through your, through your lungs. So, and, and sometimes people confuse this. I think people confuse crack cocaine with freebasing, which freebasing is the extraction to, of cocaine in its most purest form, which crack cocaine isn't. Crack cocaine is, is, is a very, um, it's a messy, it's not a pure form. It's often mixed with a lot of junk and it, it does have um, cocaine in it and it is smokable, but not necessarily a purified form and which is often, I think, misassociated as a freebase. Freebase is often used with, I believe, with ether and other volatile substances. And it's very dangerous to f- make freebase. Uh, of cocaine. But this crack, it is smoked. um, And it provides a different form of, you know, taking it into the body. And being that our our lungs are super vascular, it it can hit you very quickly and produce a high, even though it might not always be a very purified form of the cocaine. Okay. And when comparing crack and cocaine, is one more addictive or dangerous than the other? It depends on the purity level. It depends on, you know, how quickly it does absorb. In general, if somebody's injecting something versus somebody who's smoking something, if it's a pure form of each, I think you can have injecting still the quickest, but versus snorting or smoking, the smoking causes a very quick, short, and often robust high. And I think because it gives you that high and then drops you away, doesn't last very long. Sometimes it will make somebody want, you know, that intermittent, that reinforcement schedule um, will force somebody to use it again or, you know, make somebody want it again. So when you have quick, short bursts of a potent high, well, you want to quickly get it one more time because it doesn't last very long. So in that way, crack um, and all the short acting bursts of quick, pure energy and feel good feelings, they're all very habit and addictive when when we look at those qualities of them. So um, again, depending on how pure the form is, the route that you do it, um, I think we we hear crack cocaine is very addictive just because it hits a large surface area. But yeah, maybe when compared just to traditional snorting, but um, you know, they're, they're both quite addictive. So what are some of the signs that someone is addicted to cocaine? You, you see this intoxication that happens. And I think that would be the first giveaway if somebody that was not previously using cocaine now is using cocaine. So that intoxication would be somebody who's increasingly maybe talkative, energetic, happy, euphoric, 
you know, staying up, um, tends to often maybe be possibly hypersexualized, um, but then they can get somewhat irritable. They can maybe be easily agitated, angry. They might be paranoid. They might start to be delusional. These are people that might show signs of acute cocaine intoxication. And the flip side is that you see people who are the opposite of this, who are crashing from it. They look the opposite. They are without any energy. They're flat. They're depressed. They're irritable. They um, often have been suicidal. They get so, so depressed and dysphoric. And um, they also can be very... Uh, angry and agitated too. I've seen many of my patients who are coming off of um, crack and, and, and amphetamines, other stimulants, and it's hard to talk to them because they're so, they just want to be alone. And they're just so uh, upset and ag agitated that it's often best that they, you know, have an opportunity to chill out on their own. So you mentioned, you know, the agitation, but are there other withdrawal symptoms when someone stops using cocaine? Yeah, you know, people besides the depression and the agitation and the and the irritability, you know, people can have changes in their appetite. People can have changes as a result of then their their weight. People have changes in the way their their skin, um, you know, it, their healing processes. You know, a lot of these people have used in intravenously and so might have contracted some sort of bacterial type of infection um and so we see a lot of you know apathetic weakened you know individuals as a result of you know somebody who's coming off of that but we do see that irritable withdrawn depressed sullen individual um as they come off and um, they have to often be monitored, not just physically, but psychologically due to um, the cocaine withdrawal. Okay. And that's, that was actually my next question. You know, should somebody have a medically supervised detox from cocaine or is it a drug that you can come off of by yourself? Well, I think from the, like a straight scientific perspective, we don't look at cocaine from a medical perspective as being a life-threatening withdrawal, but definitely someone should be there looking at that human being to see if their depression turns into something else. Because, um, you know, it might not be that often, but, you know, when despair um, and desperation sits in, you know, if somebody is feeling very bad. We don't know what that. So if somebody is co-occurring major depressive disorder and coming off of cocaine, it might be a good idea that these people, you know, seek treatment in a supervised setting um, when they are coming off because um, they might be having profound, you know, dysphoria and depression, both from the depression that they're suffering from and from coming off of the, uh, the drug itself. So when should someone seek out treatment for cocaine addiction? I don't know if I could say that using cocaine in any way, shape, or form is okay. 
So I would say as a physician, you shouldn't use cocaine. You should seek out help. We should try and stop. But obviously, if somebody's cocaine has reached a point of an addiction or a trouble, uh, troubling level in their life, they should seek out help. So if they see it where they are seeing those consequences that we talked about, where they're having disruption in their, their personal life, family life, work life, uh, social life, or their mood is consistently unhappy, um, angry, irritable, paranoid, um, loss of weight, or they're suffering from, you know, these physical conditions, you know, these heart potential stroke, um, the, the bowel issues, GI issues. There's so many different things that can happen in terms of, you know, the physical aspects that these people definitely need treatment, but, but it should hopefully occur before all these things um, take place. You know, there's a time where people are using before all these significant medical, psychological, and social situations have um, occurred. So, you know, obviously, if somebody's using cocaine and they notice that they feel they need to cut down or they're being bothered by somebody um, calling them out on their on their substance use or they're feeling guilty about it or they're feeling that they need it or have pursuing this drug they have to crave this drug this is they need help for this and they need to seek out treatment for this you don't always have to wait for all those signs that we just meant or symptoms that we just mentioned even if you feel psychologically or emotionally that this is something that's you have to stop then then you need to seek treatment for it dr ba is there anything we didn't talk about today that you think is important for people to know with the opioid epidemic that has been going on over the last many, many years. I think sometimes cocaine has taken a back seat. But um, I think I read somewhere not too long ago that just 2020, you know, we had thousands of deaths related to cocaine and methamphetamine overdoses. So it hasn't gone away. The, the amount of people using cocaine and using it now in, you know, addictive manner, it's still a robust problem. And, um, you know, just shifting, shifting drugs uh, doesn't make it better. You know, the need is, uh, the need for treatment is there. And, um, you know, if you're using or if you're um, just experimenting, the likelihood with the with a drug like cocaine of it becoming a full blown addiction is very very high, just due to the nature of its addictive properties, and um, it's important that you seek out that help, or a loved one. If you're a loved one listening to this, you seek out that help for that loved one as soon as possible, and um, you know, really recognize and looking at back on what we just spoke about on uh, some of these symptoms and behaviors. Um, and not chalking it up to something else. And, and especially because sometimes people assume that if they were addicted to one drug, that they might not have crossed over into anything else. But um, unfortunately, with, with many addictions, people do um, use poly substances. So yeah, cocaine is a very scary, scary drug. Well, thank you, Dr. Bott. And 
If you want to learn more about cocaine, um, other drugs, or a ton of other topics on addiction and treatment, you can go to addictioncenter.com. Addiction Center also has more podcast episodes, as well as a space where you can write in your questions to Dr. Bod. Thank you to everyone who's listened, and we hope to have you next time for another episode of Straight Talk with the Doc.